Again, shalom and a very good afternoon, church. I always believe that God is always good in our life. Can we say amen? Time flies. Five months has already just gone by. And we already entered into the month of June. As Pastor Nico mentioned just now, the month of June is the month where we are going to learn about a new topic. The topic about the kingdom empowerment to witness through the Holy Spirit. Now, if we look at in the book of Acts chapter 1, just moments before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, and he told them, he said, stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise from the Father God about the Holy Spirit. And after that, in, in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told the disciple that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. And you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, the place where the Holy Spirit pour down to them. And then you shall be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, then the end of the world. If we notice and we look at it from the macro perspective, and if we look at the map of Israel, the ancient map of Israel, Jesus didn't tell the disciple to be the witness to the end of the world first. But Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem first, then you move to Judea, then you move to Samaria, then move to the end of the world. Now, if we look at the map, Jerusalem, it is just a city inside an area called Judea. And if we look at the map again, Samaria, it is outside of Judea. It means Jesus is telling them that when the Holy Spirit poured down in Jerusalem, you shall be the witness in Jerusalem first. Then you move to a bigger area in Judea. Then you move outside to Samaria, then to the end of the world. If the Holy Spirit were to be poured down in this Hyatt Hotel, then Jesus is just like saying, Chandra, when the Holy Spirit poured down and come upon you in the Hyatt Hotel, you shall be my witness in orchard area first, then you shall be my witness in Singapore. Then you shall be the witness in Malaysia, Indonesia, and the rest of the world. So there is a priority that when the Holy Spirit come upon the disciple, they shall be the blessing to the people surrounding them first and not going all to the end of the world immediately. But they shall be a blessing in where they are first. 
if we were to zoom down even more in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit poured down in Jerusalem, it was being poured down to a place called the upper room. When the Holy Spirit poured down in the place in the upper room, if we notice the transformation, first of all, it happened in the upper room area first. When Peter stood up and Peter preached the sermon and testified about Jesus, 3,000 people surrounding the upper room area came to believe Jesus. Amen? If we were to drill down even more detail in the upper room, it all started from the 120 disciples of Jesus Christ. They were first being transformed by the Holy Spirit. They were first being experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit transform themselves first. Then they can be a witness to many people surrounding them and go outside even further. Amen. The priority, the power of the Holy Spirit, the transformation of the Holy Spirit, it has to happen in our life first before we can be the powerful witness to Jesus. Can we say amen? Last year in, in May 2018, I went to Bandung in one of our sister church. And over there, I met with the pastor in charge in Harris Hotel in Bandung. So as we were talking over the lunch, he shared with us his testimony. He said, Pachandra, I came from a, a broken family. And he mentioned that I came from a dysfunction family. Because in my past life, he said, I was a drug dealer. I was the nightclub attendees. I was also the drug users. And not only that I was the drug users, but my brother, my sister, even my mom, also a drug dealers. And all of those activities happened in our house, he said. So I said, wow. But one day, he said, after his father left the whole family, it's only his mom and his sibling in the family, they were facing with challenges in their life. And one of the ex-staff of his father prayed for them, came to them and said, why don't you come to our church? You have tried so many solutions about the BOMO, the evil spirit. You pray, you find a solution, you couldn't find it. Why don't you come to the church and ask help from Jesus? And his mother went to the church. And he, she was touched by the Holy Spirit and she was transformed by the Holy Spirit. And the rest was history. His mother changed and slowly his brother, his sister, and himself transformed by the Holy Spirit. And today, himself and his wife 
both of them pastoring our sister church in Bandung. So he was changed. And when he testified that, he said, my old life, Pak Chandra, in the evening, my life was in the nightclub. And his wife was sitting next to him. And his wife was supporting him because his wife knew that his, her husband has totally changed by the Holy Spirit. So I was amazed by this testimony. I said, wow, our God is a powerful God, I said. And then he said, amen. So it was last year in 2018. Last month, I went to Bandung again. And this time around, I minister in Prime Park Hotel in Bandung. Over there, after the first service, we were having a coffee together with one of the workers. And this worker, as we were chatting, he again testified. He said, Pak Chandra, my life, my past life, also a broken life. I was also a drug user. I said, wow. He was a drug addict. He was a nightclub attendance, uh, attendees as well. And his life was being filled with all those kind of dark uh, activities in the evening. Even when his mom passed away in the hospital, he was in the nightclub. He said, I spent the fortune of my family's wealth on drugs. And I was, I was just going downhill and I thought my life was end, the end of it. Then as he, was, as he was testifying, he was crying. He said, I was so bad. People were being deceived by my look because I looked like a boss. But actually, I got zero. I just spent the wealth of my family. And I was spending my mom's money, my father's uh, money, the family wealth, all being spent just for my drug addiction. Until one day, he said, a friend of mine asked me to go to the church. And as he was, and he, as he was testifying that, he was crying. His wife was next to him. He said, I thank God for my wife who believe in me, that when we went to the church, slowly the Holy Spirit touched my heart and slowly I changed and being transformed. And today, I'm serving in this church and I believe in Christ. I will never let go of God's, uh, uh, God's goodness in my life. And now every month, I will go to Irian Jaya, so far away from Bandung, Irian Jaya. I will go to another place. I just want to testify about the goodness of Jesus in my life. And I said, wow, there is another drug addict here. There was one in, in the Harris Hotel and now there's one in Prime Park Hotel. Then when I asked him, do you also know that our sister, our sister church at the Harris Hotel he was also a drug user. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know him. He was my brother's friend. The one who drugs together with my brother. So I was just thinking, wow. 
there was how powerful is our God. The God that changed and transformed this person and the God that transformed another person and used them for His glory. Can we say amen? If God can transform their life, the drug addicts, I am very sure God can also transform our life. If God can use their life to be the witness, God too can use our life to be the powerful witness. Can we say amen? Because you and I, as in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus called all of his disciples, empower them to be the witnesses to Jesus. And the same calling, you and I, shall be the witnesses to Jesus. Can we say, Amen. Come and tell our friend next to us, you are the witnesses to Jesus. Then I ask God, Lord, how can we be the powerful witness as what my brothers have gone through? Because sometimes in our life, we do face challenges. Sometimes in our life, we face temptation. And sometimes we tend to say that, Lord, my spirit is willing, O oh Lord, but my flesh is weak. We tend to give up on certain things. As Apostle Paul said in the book of Rome, Romans chapter 7, verse 19, Apostle Paul, he said, Sometimes in my life, there are things which are good that I have to do, but I didn't do it. But there are things that I shouldn't have done, but I do it. That kind of challenges that Apostle Paul also facing like you and I are facing in our world today. The temptation, the challenges also attacking us every single day. It's just like we are going into a battle in our life between our flesh and our spirit. So I meditated on this topic and I say, Lord, what can we do in facing all these kind of challenges in our life? And as I was meditating about the Word of God, the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart to look at Joshua. In the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, before Joshua went for the battle and brought the Israelite to the promised land, God told Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, and God said to him, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it by day and by night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall act wisely. Now, from this particular verse itself, there are three things that we are going to learn this afternoon. The first one that God reminded Joshua before he led the Israelite, he reminded him, you have to remember to meditate about my words, says the Lord. Meditate about the law 
thing about my word, says God. And then the second thing that God reminded Joshua, you have to speak about the law. You speak about the word of God. Don't change. Speak about God's word. And then the last one, God reminded him, you have to do according to what is written in it. So there are three things that we are going to learn this afternoon. The first one is to think about the Word of God. The second one is to speak about the Word of God. And the third one is to do about the Word of God. So let's look at them one by one. Think about God's Word. If we think about the human mind, it is amazing how our human mind works. Our human mind has no limitation at all. Whatever we want to think about, wherever we want to go, and whatever we want to do in our mind, there is no limitation about it. We can do at anywhere, at any time, in a blink of an eye. We can think about everything in our mind. And a lot of our time, in fact, in our life, there are a lot of communication, conversation in our mind, considering A and B, and finally we make a decision. There are a lot of things happening. It's just like a battle in our mind. And indeed, the first battle in our mind happened in the Garden of Eden, in the mind of Eve. If we look at in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, in the mind of Eve at that time, she was just finished talking with the devil, and the devil just planted one seed in her mind, asking her that God must have told you not to eat all the fruits in this garden. And Eve said, no, it's not all the fruits. Only this particular tree that I cannot eat. The reason was, if I were to eat this particular fruit, God said, I will die. And the snake told her, you shall surely not die. And that's it. There's only one particular seed being planted in her mind. And if we look at in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, you look at what happened in her mind when she was looking at the tree. There are several things happened in her mind. If we look at the Word of God, it says, when the women saw the tree, the Word of God says, when the woman saw the tree, it was good for food. And that it was pleasing to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make wise. She looked off its fruit and finally she made a decision and ate that fruit. There are three things that she, there are three things happened in her mind. She said, she looked at the fruit and she said, the fruit and the tree is good for food. And again, when she looked at the tree, she said, it is pleasant to the eye. 
And again, when he looked at the tree and he said, this fruit, it can make me wise. All of the three things, when she looked at the fruit and when she thought about the fruit, all of those three things were all about her flesh. Everything was about the desire of her flesh. And the more she looked at it, the more she think about it, the more she was drawn to the conclusion that the tree is good for me. And she decided to eat the fruit. And if we look at in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, the Word of God says, When we let our sinful nature control our mind, it leads to death. When Eve would keep thinking about the tree and the fruits, and she always thought about what is good for me. It's all about her flesh. She never considered even the word of God himself. Never considered God's word in her mind. But all she got in her mind was full about herself. When the herself drive and control her mind, it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. Can we say amen? That's why Apostle Paul reminded us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and he said, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing our mind. Because we need to renew our mind so that it can be led by the Spirit, not by our flesh. Because when it is led by our flesh, if everything is about us, everything is about nice to eat, is beautiful to see, and it makes me wiser. If everything is about us, we will be led by our flesh and it leads us to death. But when we are led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead us to life. Can we say amen? So I pray, I say, Lord, then how do we do that, O oh Lord? How can we be led by the Holy Spirit? How can we change our mind? So that our mind will have the word of God in there. And I wouldn't have all this word of the, uh, of the devil in my mind. And when I make a decision, it will be an easy decision for us to make. Then, when we look at in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6. As I was reading this article, the sermon from Pastor Rick Warren about battle of our mind. I got a rhema from this particular verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The Word of God is telling us and teaching us. And the Word of God says, Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So the first thing that we can overcome the battle in our mind is when Apostle Paul teaches us that in our mind, when we have a battle, he said, don't worry about everything, but in anything, 
please pray. So we need to pray instead of worry. We need to give thanks to the Lord for everything that He has done in our life. When our life is blessed, our work, our family are blessed. We have to give thanks to the Lord for everything that He has done. When we are facing challenges in our life, we also have to give thanks for everything that God has done and the support that the family and friends have given to us. But for our challenges, remember we need to pray. We remember what Jesus said. Come all of you who have heavy burden, I will give you rest, says the Lord. So when we face challenges in our life, when we have heavy burden on our shoulder, we got to remember to go back to Jesus. Because the Word of God says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, we got to pray. And as I was reading the article from Pastor Rick Warren, he said like this, if we were to pray as much as we worry, we will have the, a lot less of worry in our life. One more time. If we were to pray as much as we are worried, we will have a lot less of worry in our life. Can we say amen? Rather than spending one hour worrying about the challenges in our life, we might as well spend that one hour and pray. Because God says, in everything, we need to pray. And sometimes, in our heart, in our flesh, when we say, Pa Chandra, it doesn't make sense for me to pray at this kind of situation. It doesn't make sense for me to give thanks to God for our situation. But when we obey God's word, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, do not worry and pray in everything. The promise of God is in verse 7. And God promised then when we pray, then we will experience God's peace in our heart. We will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. It doesn't make sense for us to pray. But when we pray, God promised for you and I that we will experience God's peace which doesn't make sense in our mind. But we will experience that. Can we say amen? And the next one in verse 8, if we look at Philippians chapter 4 in verse 8, the Word of God says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> one final thing Fix your mind, says uh, Apostle Paul. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and pure, lovely and admirable thing about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So Apostle Paul is saying one more thing. After you pray, remember when you face challenges, Pray. In everything, we need to pray. The more we pray, 
the more less worry that we will have. And when we pray, God's peace will be in our heart. We exceed expectation, exceed the, our understanding. And after that, Apostle Paul reminded us, fix our mind, fix our thought. In another translation, it says, fill your mind. In another translation, it says, don't ever stop thinking about it. So that after we pray, we have to remember that in our mind, don't ever stop thinking about all these positive things about the truth, about something honorable, about the right things to do, about something pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, everything. Because we need to replace the negative things in our mind with these positive things. We don't resist them, but we need to replace them. We cannot merely resist the negative thought in our mind, but we need to replace them. And the reason why he fell into sin, because he continued to think what the devil told her about it. Told her that the fruits will, will give her a new knowledge. Knowledge about good and evil. She thought that, oh, when I eat this fruit, I can be wiser. That's why when Eve looked at the fruit, and she said in her mind, that if I were to eat this particular fruit, I can be wiser. But the Word of God is teaching us that we should not even think about it. We should not resist what the devil said implanted in our mind, but we should replace those thoughts with the positive things that God has shared with us this afternoon. Can we say amen? And Apostle Paul reminded us again in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. And the Word of God says, Keep your minds on things that are above and not things that are on earth. Can we say amen? Can we tell our friend next to us, think on things that are above and not things on things that are on earth. Remind our friends, think on things that are above. Amen? So that is the first point that we learned about uh, thinking God's Word. The second one that we want to learn, if we go back to the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samar, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world. But Jesus never explained to them how would the power be manifested in their life. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, what will happen to them? How would that power be manifested? Maybe in the disciple mind, they may be thinking that when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I shall receive power. Maybe I shall be like Samson. And I'll have muscle all over my body. And I shall have the power to conquer the Roman Empire during that time. 
Maybe that was what they had in their mind. But let's see what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciple, what happened was that the disciple were changed. Yes, they changed. Something happened in their life. And they started to speak in a different language. So something happened, not in the muscle itself, not that they become Samson, but something happened in their life. Something that kind of pushing them to speak in a different language. There is a special anointing unto their tongue. From all of the organ that we have, whether it is their brain, whether it is their eyes or their hand or their muscle, the Holy Spirit chose to anoint their tongue. Then I was asking, Lord, why from so many body parts that we have, you chose to anoint the tongue? If we look at in the book of Psalm, if we look at in the book of Psalm, chapter in the book of Psalm, chapter 103, verse 20. The Word of God says, Bless Jehovah, O angel of His, who excel in strength, who do His command, listening to the voice of His words. I repeat one more time. Bless the Lord, you, his angel. So we are talking about the angel of God here. Who excel in strength. Surely it is the angel of God who excel in strength as compared to you and I, the normal human. Who do God's word, heeding the voice of his word or listening to God's word. So it means... When somebody said or give voice to God's word, the angel was sitting next to that person and ever ready to do that word of God. Do we get it? We got it, yeah? So if we were to speak and give voice to the word of God, the angel will continue and execute that word of God. And the one who gives voice to the Word of God is our tongue. That was the reason why the Holy Spirit, from all the organs that we have, He anointed our tongue so that our anointed tongue can be used to give voice to the Word of God. When the Word of God is being proclaimed, the angel is ever ready to do the word of God. Can we say amen? If we look at in the book of Daniel chapter, in the book of Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, look at this verse. The word of God says, Don't be afraid, Daniel, he told me. The angel of God told Daniel, Don't be afraid, Daniel, because from the first day, 
that you committed yourself to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. You notice that? When Daniel prayed and the angel of God, Gabriel, said, Daniel, from the first day when you speak about God's word, I have heard about it. That is the reason why I have come to you. Because I heard the word of God. Because you gave voice to the word of God. That's why I come to you. The same thing for you and I. When you and I are using our anointed tongue and give voice to the word of God, you can be, be assured that the angel of God will be ever ready and to execute that command. That's why it is true when God's word says, when God says, Every word that come out from my mouth will not return void, but it will do as what I ask him to do. Because the angel of God is always there to execute God's word. Can we say amen? That's why you and I, when we are facing challenges, we got to use this anointed tongue to speak God's word in our life. Amen. We got to use this anointed tongue to give voice to the word of God. So that you and I, when we are facing challenges, we are facing temptation in our life, we got to say, Lord, all the temptation that I'm facing in my life, it is common to others as well. And I have a faithful God whom when I'm facing challenges, He is faithful and He will open up a way so that I can overcome the challenges. And we got to speak that kind of word of God in our life. Can we say amen? And when we are facing with a closed door in our career, in our businesses, Every time we move at one door, it seems like this door is closed. We move to the other side, the other door also closed. It seems like all the doors are being closed before us. But we got to pray. We say, Lord, you are my breakthrough God. You are the God that walk in front of me. And you shall open up the door that no one can close. Can we say amen? And we got to continue to speak blessing unto our life. We got to continue to speak God's word in our life. Because the word of God says, from the same mouth, it comes the blessings and cursing. But you and I, we shall speak blessing in our life. Can we say amen? So we remind our friend again next to us, speak God's word. So not only that we need to think about God's Word in our mind, we need to speak about God's Word from our mouth. And the last one, we need to do and obey 
God's Word. If we go back again to the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But Jesus also didn't explain how would the manifestation of the Holy Spirit when He comes upon them. Will there be just like an oil anointing as they were familiar during that time? Or would that be a mighty rushing wind during that time? And what will happen to their life? Jesus didn't explain in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 4 is that they were all, the Word of God say, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only that they experienced the mighty rushing wind in the upper room, but all of them is described over here as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So, I ask Lord, in order for us to have the powerful witness to the world, not only that we got to use our tongue to speak God's word, but we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I ask, Lord, how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was, rem I was reminded about a Coca-Cola bottle. If this one is a Coke, how can I replace this Coke with a pure water? If I were to pour the water into the Coke bottle, I can't have, I can't have the pure water. It will dilute the Coke, surely it will dilute it, but I can't have a pure water and fill with this uh, water into the bottle. Unless, unless I just pour out all the coke from this bottle, I empty it, then I can fill with the pure water. And this coke bottle will then be filled with the pure water itself. Because the same thing happened in our life. If your life and my life are full with our flesh, if your life and my life are full with all the desire of this world, how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's just like if, when all she had in her mind were all the desire of her flesh, she can't remember anymore about God's Word. And the same thing happened in our life. And the only way for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is when we empty ourselves by obeying God's Word. If we look at in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the way how Apostle Paul described about Jesus in the New, uh, in the American Standard Version, the Word of God says, have this mind in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who, 
assisting in the form of God, counted not being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped. But Jesus emptied himself. Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of man. And in first 8, and being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Yes, the death of the cross. Apostle Paul described Jesus as the same level as God. But he didn't take that privilege. What he did, he emptied himself and he humbled as, an, as a servant and he obeyed the word of God till the cross. If we remember about Jesus, one day he just walked to uh, River Jordan and John the, Baptist, John the Baptist was there. When John the Baptist saw him, John said, Jesus, I can't baptize you. You're supposed to baptize me. I'm not even worthy to clean your sandal, your shoes. I'm not worthy to do that. How can I baptize you? But notice what Jesus said. Notice what he said. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 15, Jesus replied, John, he said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So Jesus, when he went to be baptized by John the Baptist, he basically just obeyed God's word. He humbled himself, he emptied himself, and he just obeyed God's word. That's it. And the same thing happened to Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, before we go to Apostle Paul, let's look at one more verse in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. After Jesus was baptized with his obedience, the word of God says, and Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, when Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, He defeated the devil and He served in His ministry full of power of the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen? And the same thing you and I, when we obey God's Word, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we shall experience God's power in our life. Same thing happened to Apostle Paul. When, he was, when his name was Saul, he was full of himself. He knew everything about the law, and he just wanted to execute everything according to his flesh desire. But when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he said like this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ, but yet I live. But it's no longer me who live. It is the Spirit of Christ who lives in me. 
He said, I've been crucified. I'm supposed to, to die already. But now I live. But it's no longer me who live in me. It is the Spirit of Christ that live in me. And for me to live in the flesh, I live by faith towards the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself on my behalf. And Apostle Paul, as we know it, he also obeyed God's Word. He was filled with the Spirit, obeyed God's Word, and he obeyed until his death. Now, when we are talking about obey God's word, it is easier for the advisor to say obey God's word. It is definitely difficult for the one who is going to do it. It is easier for me as a counselor, just obey God's word. Obey. Easier for me to say. But it is tough for the other person to do. Then, as I was studying about God's Word, I, I received a rhema from this particular Word of God. You and I have heard about this Word. The Word of God says, Your Word is just like a lamb unto my feet. It is the light unto my path. Amen? We heard about these words. Obeying God's words, easier said than done. But this particular word of God gave me a rhema. What does it mean? When the word of God says, your word is just like a lamb. God's word didn't say that your word is just like a spotlight like this. If it is a spotlight like this, we can see far. But if it is a lamb, a lamb is just like a candle. It's just a small light. You can only see a short distance. So if I were to hold on to the lamb, the word of God, and I'm holding on to the word of God, I can only see one step ahead of me. Since I can see one step in the dark world, I will step, obey God's word, and I'll step forward one step. And as I am holding on to the word of God, as I'm holding on to the word of God, this word of God, again, He will light up another step for me. Remember, it is not a spotlight. It is only a lamp. A lamp can only light up in a short distance. I can see another step in front of me. So I obey God's word and I step forward. And because I'm holding on to the word of God, again, this word of God, lighting up another step. So in every step of my life, because I'm holding on to the word of God, every single path of my life, it is lightened up by the word of God. Amen? So what do we learn from that? The psalmist is teaching us, although the Word of God is asking us to carry our own cross, thinking about the cross, we are so fearful of it. 
But when the Word of God says that God's Word is just like the lamb, as we are moving one step at a time, step by step, obeying God's Word step by step, every single step will be lighted up by God's Word. Can we say Amen? We just need to obey God's Word step by step and holding on, never let go, obeying God's Word in our life that when we move on, when we move forward, we will not fall. Because every pathway that we cross, it will all be lighted up by the Word of God. Can we say Amen? Come, go and remind our friend next to us, obey God's Word step by step. So these are the three things. In conclusion, yes, you and I are the disciple of Jesus Christ. You and I are called to be Jesus' witnesses. And Jesus promised when the Holy Spirit come upon you and I, we shall receive the power. And it will start from where the Holy Spirit being poured down. In our case, as an individual, the Holy Spirit will be poured down unto our life. Then we shall experience that transformation we didn't ask first. We don't ask other people to change, but we have to change first before we can be the witness to others. Because the priority is very clear. It's Jerusalem first, then we go to Judea, we go to Samaria, then to the end of the world. The transformation, it has to happen in our lives, not in my wife's life. It is in my lifers, just like what happened to the two brothers in Bando. It happened in his lifers. Then they can be a blessing for many. In order for us to be transformed, there are three things that we learn. We need to think about the Word of God. We need to fill our mind with God's Word. We need to replace all the devil's Word with God's Word. We need to replace them, not to resist them. We need to replace them with God's Word. That is the first one. We need to think about God's Word. The second one, we got to use the anointed tongue that the Holy Spirit has done, and we need to give voice to the Word of God. And the last one, not only that we think, not only that we speak, we have to obey God's Word step by step. Amen? Come, let's bow our head and let's pray. Father, we give thanks to you, Lord, for everything that you have done in our life, for who we are today. It is definitely not because of our power, 
but it is only by your grace by your mercy in our life Lord we are your disciple Father God and we just want to obey you to listen to your word Holy Spirit as we are studying about yourself if we want to get to know you even more we know that you are all that we need we know there's a power that God has promised in our life and that power is in you and this afternoon we want to invite you to fill our life oh Father God come oh Holy Spirit come and fill our life and we want to empty our life we want to humble ourselves it's no longer about us but it's all about you Holy Spirit come come and touch every one of us this afternoon Come and touch every one of us, O Holy Spirit. As we want to fill our mind with your word, we want to fill our mouth with your words, and we want to fill our action with your word as well. And empower us, hold our hand, guide our step, towards the plan that you have installed for every one of us and come Holy Spirit hold our hand and never let go and we want to be your vessel oh Lord. use us according to your plan use us to glorify your name here we are oh Lord your vessel ready for your use in the name of Jesus all of us who are ready to be God's witness to be used by him together we say amen amen and we give God all the glory hallelujah